0: That's Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass. I'm Meg Rowley, and on this edition of Fangraphs Audio, I welcome back to the program Fangraphs lead prospect writer, Eric Longenhagen. We spend much of the episode discussing Eric's recent scouting run through various Southern California showcases, including his impressions of both Area Codes and the Perfect Game All-American Classic, while I share some takeaways from a weekend spent at Sabre Seminar, and what I was able to glean from the Perfect Game MLB Network broadcast. We close the episode by briefly discussing the Arizona Fall League, or more precisely, as rosters have not yet been been fully announced the fall league's logos and hats all of that is coming up, but first it is my obligation to tell you that Fangraphs memberships are now available at Fangraphs.com. For the monthly cost of a share of one Fangraphs hoodie, which have now returned to our online store, you can support all the great work at Fangraphs, including Eric and Kylie McDaniel's prospect coverage, Ben Clemens' ongoing research into the juice ball, Craig Edwards' meditations on reliever usage, and Jay Jaffe's peek into career and season peaks. You may also, for a slightly greater sum, purchase an ad-free membership and enjoy Fangraphs without banner ads, facilitating faster loading times. That bit of business being complete, I take you to my conversation with Eric Longenhagen, lead prospect writer for FanGraphs, which begins right now. Hello. You're back with the seltzer.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry, that's right. I forget you don't do the... No.
0: No. We just jump right in. The
1: read, as no. part of yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't do it.
1: I do. Yeah, I have you know my Kroger brand lemon lime, which I opened right before you started recording to spare people of uh, the seltzer, the the, sel- the opening noise, the, the soda seltzer opening seltzer.
0: noise. Yeah.
1: Because I just don't want to make obnoxious, random drinking noises while we
0: talk. Oh no! No heavy slurping. It's an
1: ASMR baseball <laughs> pod. <laughs>
0: I would i think there are a couple of people who do baseball pods who would who would do very well hosting an alternate asmr pod i think there are a couple
1: what are you supposed to do if you're because i've seen i don't know i've seen like twitch streams where people are doing it on video like they they ride the mic like this and they're they have their oh. webcam and yeah a lot of times it's you know people wearing not a lot of things
0: oh no <laughs> You're not logged into the VanGrafts YouTube when you're watching various things like that, right? No, this is this is definitely like
1: the the late night browsing random Twitch streams for whatever nonsense people are up to when I'm tired of watching people play Magic the Gathering. Oh,
0: boy. Which I don't
1: have the time and, or the financial clout to do competitively, really. It's like sneaky expensive. What are some other things? What are some other random hobbies that are just like, this is too expensive. Golf
0: golf my brother-in-law is starting to play golf and he is he is not enjoying the expense it's starting to to bother him he's realizing all the little things he has to he has to buy i mean i don't know i collect books in a way that is probably not great yep
1: that's another one 25 bucks a book or whatever
0: yeah especially when you're trying to be good and support your local independent bookstores And you're like, this is why people buy on Amazon. And then you're like, oh, no, Conundrum, what will we do?
1: Anything that involves ice skates, renting sure, renting ice time.
0: Yes. Uh, And then, you know, if you're really into that sort of thing, you then have to buy rollerblades. This is what I've learned after living in Wisconsin. There are all of these rollerbladers in Wisconsin. I was like, so is it just that the Midwest is like 15 years behind everything else? And no, they're... They're hockey people. They're doing hockey. They're cross training for hockey. I saw the opening of D two.
1: The opening scene of D <laughs> yeah. two.
0: We didn't need appreciate these. My insinuation that they were, you know, far behind pop culture, and then I felt bad. It was rude of me.
1: They're inline skates, by the way. Rollerblade is the brand.
0: Oh, this is like Kleenex.
1: Yes. Wow. It is just like that. That is the comp.
0: I Man, I learned a thing. Uh, Yeah, the the book buying is, it's a problem, and it has not, you know, every now and again I think about how at some point in in the future I will need to move, right? I probably will not live and die in this house that I'm renting, and someone will have to help me lift all of these book boxes, and for a moment I think, that's a not nice thing to impose on a future person or my future self, and then I say, eh.
1: It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, 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 to my left, immediately to my left, are I can't even count them. Binders full of yes, various no trading cards. cards. So, like, yeah. I know what it's like to you know look at a, your significant other and be like, um, so these are coming, <laughs> and so help me put them in this box.
0: Yep, <laughs> help, help me lift them in and out of the truck.
1: So it's fine. But yeah, I'll say I'll say a. a gen—I'll make it like a generalized gendered statement that uh, is—I w- just tend to see like women just read more than men do. Like, out. Oh, like, what
0: a nice, what a nice thing to put in gender terms like that.
1: <laughs> well, like it's just me, just being out, and I live in a college town, so I see a lot yeah. of young people out, and the the there aren't dudes in my local coffee shops like doing that
0: stuff. They must not like the the, the shins. <laughs> they're they're offended by the.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. They've heard enough early Arcade Fire. Yeah, and like, Pedro the Lion.
0: Yeah, they're like. I already feel sad enough. I can't feel any more sad. Yeah, that's the
1: that's the uh, the feeling I associate with young the young men of Arizona State University is. Sadness and <laughs> reflection. <laughs> when they're they're all they're all the way they cry is uh, very unique. <laughs> Out in the streets, uh, all the wooing,
0: all the wooing.
1: They're just howling with sadness.
0: I'm going to make an awkward transition to another expensive thing to potentially bring us to baseball. Although I imagine we will go a winding path, anyhow, because to go. Well, I was going to say that you know what's a really expensive habit is uh, is travel ball. And showcases.
1: Oh, gosh, yeah, that's true. Yeah,
0: you, uh, you went on a you went on a Southern California journey.
1: I did. Yeah, I like, like do. Recently, this is yeah, this is the time of year for Kylie and I both where we start prepping for the next year's draft. Um, yeah, and this is it starts really for me. It started earlier than than ever this year. Right after the draft is when perfect game. Uh, Who, you know, geez, like the con- giving proper context for perfect game is impossible to do every time we talk about it on a podcast. So I'll, I won't try to do that. Go read Jeff Passan's The Arm. There's context in there. Yeah. But, you know, like PG National starts like the week after the draft. So you start doing work on the, the following year's draft like a, about a week after the last one ends. And then the final event is another PG event, uh which has taken place in San Diego most of the last several years. Uh, that's the all american game at petco park in san diego
0: do you find that doing i mean obviously you spend part of a lot of the spring as you know you have college guys coming through sort of getting properly calibrated and you spend all this lead up to the draft doing that so that you can be like this guy should be the number 1 overall pick which you know not at all controversial this year but you spend all this time getting calibrated and then you are restarting almost immediately with a fresh class some of whom are going to change pretty dramatically in terms of your opinion of them over the course of the the fall and spring oh, yeah. and into the summer does it is it helpful or disorienting to get that sort of Instant reset because it's a reset, but it's not right. Like, you're still looking at amateur guys, but they're at a different point in the draft calendar, obviously. Right?
1: It's, um, yeah, my scouting calendar generally involves me doing, like you said, it's a lot of college, junior college stuff in January, college stuff February through the draft, targeting relevant high schoolers around the country, and then after the draft is. My AZL pro stuff here in Arizona, pro targets, wherever, yep. you know, wherever my travels take me, if there's a minor league affiliate there, I'm probably going. Like I did right. Cal League stuff coming, to, you know, to and from SoCal for this draft stuff and then Fall League. And so, yeah, it is, and then like mixing in big league stuff to sort of calibrate my instrument yeah. throughout the summer. But yeah, it is the thing that is, has been most useful is. Going from having really refined opinions about everyone in a draft, and then the following week, using that as like a foundation to sort of bounce, you know, your thoughts on these, this new class. Yeah. Right off of immediately. Uh, having PG National in Arizona this year, as opposed to having it in Tampa, which Kylie would ordinarily cover, right, was very useful. That the lack of time between was actually more. Uh, useful like it was it was very practical and then having the azl overlap with so much of the high school showcases during the summer really lets you make apples to apples comparisons it's especially useful for placing these 17 and 18 year old latin american kids who i've never seen before like have as many looks at them as i do at these high school guys on the showcase circuits on that continuum immediately Um, yeah so it is. It's very helpful. The at times it feels sort of pointless, and you you do kind of question time allocation because if you go to a big league game and see no one throw a fastball beneath ninety three miles an hour the whole game, right? And then you spend a week watching high schoolers where three total guys do that out of dozens and dozens of high schoolers, it's like okay, well, what are we doing here? But you have to project on bodies and athletes and, right. you know, look back and say, oh, Jake DeGrom didn't always throw this hard. And, no. you know, Johan Lopez, what did, what did that look like at 17, 18? Like you have, having done this for 10 years, like it gives you context for the entire journey. Yeah. So it does, the, the college to high school stuff, it is tough because on some level it is just all different levels of bad baseball yeah um and different le- different types of physical projection right like AJ Puck is up today
0: mm-hmm. and
1: in college, like people I didn't like what was going on there physically like it was a problem for me. it was a thing that detracted from the profile, but this guy gets on a pro conditioning program like and right. the velocity explodes.
0: yeah, it looks very different.
1: right. so it's not like uh physical projection is it comes in a couple different forms. And it is not just limited to the high scores. yeah, I spent a week... Um, the tail end of the showcase is a week at Area Codes in Long Beach. And then the PG game that Sunday uh, at the very end in San Diego. And it's one big trip. In past years, it's been like two separate trips. But it is one just grueling trip the last couple of years because of the schedule. Yeah, And yeah, so now we have... You know, you're right. The I think for Kylie and I both, there are certain individual players who... Upon our first look, at the beginning of the summer, we were kind of, you know, it we did or did not like them, and then it changed over the course of, you know, July and yeah. August.
0: How many games over that stretch? How many games did you watch? Um, it was a lot of games. Hold on. on.
1: <laughs> so... I'll read the to schedule very quickly. I, I have my my notes from the from the thing sitting here. So we drove Bill Mitchell and I. Bill, who at some point will be heard on the Fangraphs audio, you know, network oh, airwaves.
0: Yeah. We got to get um, maybe maybe when I come down for Fall League, we're gonna have to get Bill on the pod.
1: That's a pretty good idea.
0: That's a good idea.
1: But Bill's, you know, stories. Bill's. Bill's a, a baseball person who lives in Arizona. He does work for Baseball America. He's a freelance photographer. If you buy baseball cards, you probably have pictures of Bill's work somewhere in your house. And so Bill and I live a mile from each other, and we carpool out to different events. And this is one of them. So we left on Sunday. We went to Inland Empire versus San Jose and saw Tristan Beck's Giants debut. So that's one. Then the next morning, uh B.P., For area codes started at 8. We watched four teams take BP. uh, And then games started that afternoon. There were three games the rest of that day. So that's, you know, four games. Then it was the same procedure the following day, except there was an extra game that started at 7.30 p.m. So that's four more games on Tuesday. So we're up to eight. Then Wednesday and Thursday, there were five games each day. Then we went to a scrimmage, like a four inning scrimmage down in San Diego mm-hmm. for the perfect America, you know, the All American kids had a scrimmage on Friday. Uh, so you count that as like, I guess a half game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they took BP and infield before that. Uh, so I think we're up to 18 and a half. And then Sunday, the day of the All American game, they took BP and infield early in the morning. Then the Rockies and Padres played a game, which I watched. And then they had the All American game. And then after that game, we drove from San Diego to Phoenix. Um, cause I like to sleep at home. What can I say? Yeah. So I was like 20. I think that's like, like we're up around 20 games over the course yeah. of a week, which is like, you know, there are different ways of measuring this stuff. It's a thing I've, tried to do in the past and just like cannot keep up by March and April. Like I, I lose track the spring training stuff here when there are three or four games going on simultaneously. Like, how do you count that? I was right. only at the field for three hours, but saw right. four we rosters saw. worth of dudes. So like, yep. but yeah, it's, it's a grind to do area codes has, we did not stay for the last day of area codes on Friday. Cause most of the best guys are at the PG game and have left already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but there are four more games of area codes on Friday, and then they have the underclassmen do stuff during the weekend. So like you can really stay and mostly it's like advisors and who have like the incentive to see the underclassmen because you're looking for clients for two right. draft classes from now. Most of the top 2020 draftees have, uh, you know, they have an agent already. So right. so that's what that event is. Like that's who you'll see there more than you do scouting directors and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. And until you know you get sunburned or something like that, then it's like oh, now you have to work around that. It's like when chefs on you know when on Iron Chef when you cut your hand, yeah, it just adds this to- total other element to it when something is disrupted. If the Korean yeah. barbecue place that you like to walk through closes or something like that,
0: yeah. If you're sick with well, a head cold when you have to fly to Boston and be charming in front of people, you know? which
1: yeah, <laughs> so. While while I was in California, you were in like humid. I assume it was humid and sticky. Boston, I've been.
0: It was it was lovely. Really, it was weirdly nice there. It was unusually nice. You know, uh, saber seminar activates like the same part of my brain that enjoyed grad school. So you know, I feel like I'm like going back to class. Like I had my backpack. (laughs)
1: <laughs> You're in stadium seating. Those swivel chairs. Are yep right.
0: they had to uh, they had to move saber this year to a larger auditorium across the street because there are so many people who want to go now, which is great. Ooh, that uh, is good. Yeah it was it was very well attended. The room was full. You know people ebb and flow, and their team folks talking to potential job candidates there so there's always a little bit of movement but yeah you know you sit down like first thing in the morning you're like okay we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this very long uh, very informative weekend and then your brain kind of cramps at the end of it but in a good way in Mm -hmm. in a i've learned things way but you know they start you off bright and early like sitting there watching a presentation on finding optimal pitch distributions and trying to come up with better, you know, pitch value grades and whatnot. And you're like, okay, here we are. It's 9 (laughs) a.m.
1: So I've been to Saber seminars in the past. I think
0: I've gone to. It was a while ago.
1: Yeah, it's been a a while since I went. It was a thing I did on my own, gosh, a long time ago now. And I remember some for some of the scouting type panels being Mm -hmm. frustrated in a way that I – like a a type of frustration that I just like wouldn't – It wouldn't be the same type of response for me anymore. Like I've just sort of aged out of feeling that way about stuff. But like I would get frustrated with the questions that the audience would ask the scouting type. So I'm kind of curious, like when the Q&A for whether it's player dev or scouting, what type of questions are people who are attending the conference asking? Do you remember like what some of them are? Um.
0: It's a range. I mean, I think the, there's a range of attendee, and I don't mean that in a pejorative way, but like there are definitely people who go to saber seminar who are just like interested baseball consumers. You know, they are not either job seekers or industry types, uh, and they don't. You know, people who work for teams don't really ask questions at at those events, at least not. During presentations, which I guess isn't so surprising. So there can, you know, there's a real range. Like, gosh, I'm trying to think of a a specific thing. Dylan, you should cut out the, the time it's going to take me to, like, pull up the... So
1: there was the Red Sox group?
0: Yes. Yes, there was. There were, I think, the most specific questions... In that, we're on the difficulties of scouting very young players internationally. Mm. Todd Klaus, their director of international scouting, was a participant. So, you know, he talked about how you think about projection in a situation like that. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a weird mix of things because you're never going to get a team person to like give away the secret sauce, right? They're always going to have to be somewhat circumspect in what they share. But, you know, like, uh, later in, later in the day, uh, Nate Horowitz from the Angels presented and he got some very specific questions, um, on their approach to scouting. And he got more general stuff like, you know, do you have guys, or gals I think the question said guys in your department who are sort of specialized so that if you want to evaluate you know a picture you have someone apart you know independent of whatever geographic assignments they have who you'll send out to sort of get second looks and validate so some of you know there's kind of a range on stuff okay. i think the more specific questions tended to be on the more stat oriented presentations because I think the population still skews heavily toward sure. folks who are looking for baseball ops roles rather than scouting roles. So I think that the the ability of the average attendee to ask super detailed questions who feel free to do that because they are not hampered by um, being employed by a team is relatively narrow.
1: I see, uh, as I'm looking at the, the list, like the schedule of the presentations, that Vicente Iglesias ha- literally has a thing done. Like, I need to erase a thing from my idea board because of what <laughs> he has on here. It's like, oh, someone did this already. Great. Um, so that's good. But I remember, you know, the feeling that you described about, like, having learned something. I would describe my experience there as, like, mentally feeling as though I had finished taking the SATs. Like, that is the type yeah. of – intellectual exhaustion that I would feel at the end of this weekend or like the Sloan mm-hmm. weekend. And I used to do that before it got too mainstream. SIPS PBR. Oh um, yeah, you,
0: <laughs> you only do conferences where like people aren't really aware of what's going on. There might yeah. be too many team polos that Saber Seminar for you now. That's okay. A lot of t- lot of team a lot of team folks it's an interesting mix of people. This was only the second one that I've gotten to go to, so I don't know. We should get you out to to one of those one of these years if the stars align schedule wise, because I would be curious for someone's impression having been to some of the earlier ones. I think that in the way that these things do, you know, it gets increasingly professionalized over time, so it's a little less a little less rough and tumble than it may have been in the past. But it was sure. a good it was yeah, a good slate to- this year.
1: The punk rock sensibilities sort of go away.
0: Right. You know, where are the bad uh, guys and gals of baseball? Who's to say? Not at Sabre anymore. Too many team polos for that.
1: I remember when, the, when Trackman was unveiled at a Sabre seminar. Yeah. And he we went into like the quad area, like outside, and they set up a unit on a big tripod that like a DJ would use to set up a speaker at like a wedding mm-hmm. reception. And, uh, pictures from MIT through to one of their teachers, who's a guy who like, oh gosh, I forget his name, but someone, there's someone listening to this podcast right now who I will see at some point over the next week and be like, come on. Yeah.
0: Uh, That
1: that was my teacher. I've told you about him several times. Sorry, McGrath. Um, but yeah, then it was like at the the Sloan conference, just because of the prices, I could feel it happening because I was at some of those early Sloan, analytics conferences at you know at mit or whatever at the boston convention center that were put on by daryl morey and i remember the exit interviews being like how much would you pay to come next year yeah. I was just like i'm a college student yeah what are you doing
0: zero dollars i would pay zero dollars
1: how about no dollars
0: can you give me a place to stay also <laughs>
1: my <laughs> my college girlfriend this this will give you a great like a glimpse into romantic Longenhagen. my college girlfriend and i went to a sloan a sloan analytics conference together
0: oh boy oh brother eric
1: <laughs> it was like our first i think it was our first trip away together
0: <laughs> oh lordy what a weird, we were like, what a, it was so a weird assortment of people we are prepping
1: with, the, you know, printing out resumes. And <laughs> I don't know, your cover letter's not good enough, Eric. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like doing the cover letter.
0: You know what? No one likes cover letters. And the thing about it is, uh, I don't know that they have a tremendous amount of utility. That's a. An undeveloped, but I think not incorrect take of mine I don't know about I don't know about those cover letters she know. was
1: really good at them though
0: well I mean it is a skill I just don't know that if it's i don't know if it's a skill that correlates to actual quality job performance I think is the thing I think that's the thing about cover okay. letters
1: yeah I buy it. I'll buy that
0: yeah, there was one uh presentation there on uh, sort of trying to bring analytics to uh division one baseball that Ooh, I think you would have had.
1: What was that like?
0: This gentleman who I I came to find follows me on Twitter and is a shockingly young person, as all college students are these days, was trying to talk about how to better integrate first th- like how to overcome this sort of data collection concern and utilize some of the, you know, like yeah. the Common data repositories that colleges are signing on to, uh, and then how to talk about it with college students. You know, I think that it's one of those things where he found that it's it's easier on the on the pitching side than the hitting side, which is kind of consistent with our understanding of where the development strengths are lying right now. So,
1: I think that's yep, I agree with that. Yeah, the pitching stuff in general across baseball has has been ahead. Like it's just yeah. easier to fix what is. In yeah. your control, and pitchers are just in control of their craft more so than hitters. Yeah, uh, it's and I hard think that to teach th- guys to react to a thing.
0: Yeah, and I think that you know he was interested in making things easier for you know for folks like you and Kylie to have information at your at your fingertips to be like, okay, this is this is a good baseball player. We should draft that guy. I mean, not the two of you because you don't uh, run a baseball team, but if you did.
1: Was it with, like, statistics performance-wise, or was it, like, TrackMan stuff?
0: He was looking at both, but he was trying to model stuff off of TrackMan. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think... um,
0: He did a good job. His name was Miles. He went to the University of Texas. He probably still goes there, because, again, just a shockingly young person.
1: Yeah, well, we'll have to move aside at some point. Yeah.
0: Oh, Dylan I did. a swear, yeah, it's it's coming for all of us at some mm-hmm. point.
1: Yeah, we're just at, we're not Bartolo the Bartolo Cologne of internet baseball writing. Like, I guess there's probably someone like that out there, but
0: yeah, yeah, maybe. So I did a I did a weekend in Boston, and I tried not to get everyone else sick, and we'll see how how good a job uh, I did. Although I have not heard any complaints, and then and then I got on a plane to fly home to Seattle. And I turn on the, the direct TV and what do I find? But the perfect game showcase that you were at. (laughs) Broadcast on MLB network. And let me tell you, Eric, that is a, is an interesting broadcast. I will try to, I will try to pick a, a term that is uh, not super value laden. Although what I have to say about it is, is likely going to betray uh, some of the judgments that I arrived at having watched this, this broadcast.
1: This is interesting to me because these big prospect showcasey st- stuff, you know, that I yeah, am present for that is broadcast nationally, okay. I like very rarely go back and watch the broadcast. Yeah. And so I'm curious to know how this went. So this is an MLB this is an interesting dichotomy, right? Because right. Major League Baseball created the player development pipeline program that began this summer specifically to cut into yes, what Perfect Game does with travel ball and yet this event Is on Major League Baseball's airways. So, so what, what are some of the weirder things that you saw during the broadcast?
0: So, knowing that as I do about how baseball, like MLB baseball is trying to position itself for amateurs to make, cause like, you know, this stuff is super expensive. And so you want there to be an easier, A path of much uh, lower, you're not going to eliminate, but lower resistance to kids without those resources getting seen by the people they need to and getting to compete against quality competition, right? So they're thrown against like, you know, like I'm looking at the roster you saw and I'm looking at our 2020 section of the board and you saw all these high school kids, right? Like you you went and saw Mick Abel, right? Uh Pete Crow Armstrong is an underratedly good name. That's an opinion that I have.
1: He is an overratedly mediocre player. Sorry. Well, that that He's might, might be true.
0: <laughs> that might be true. But it is a good name.
1: I just think it should be Peter Crow, personally.
0: Yeah, but. Peter would be better. Crow Armstrong is like a very strong... That's a strong name. I'm that's tired like of a, saying it, though. Well, sure. But like, you know, that's like a grown... That's a grown baseball player name, right? You're like, ah. Peter you Crow know.
1: sounds like Garth Brooks alter
0: ego alters his alter egos alter ego what was his yeah his, his second alter ego chris Gaines? Gaines. Oh, yeah. man. as an aside and then and then i will go back to this broadcast you know that you cannot buy garth brooks on vinyl anywhere he doesn't he controls his entire catalog and they are not reissuing any of it on vinyl which is a thing that matters only when you are desperately trying to buy a birthday present for your grandfather who lives in colorado let me tell you, Garth Brooks, not there to help you with okay. that. So that's the thing to know. Thank you for clarifying what that was for.
1: Because <laughs> I there's, you know, you've got this uh line dancing boot wearing <laughs> thing going on, like that is sort of a red flag.
0: <laughs> it's not my fault. It's the family. It's Had not I known like...
1: about it beforehand, I would have been like, hey David, like <laughs> I know it. that like you're under pressure to replace the stoolie, but like I don't know. <laughs> Why
0: dancing? Uh, I bet I, I bet that I don't like go. I should clarify for our listeners that I don't like regularly go <laughs> line dancing. And as an aside, anyone can line dance. It's dancing for white people. They design it to be pretty foolproof. Eh, oh, it's a public school, so I can I can just dance. <laughs> Why is that? Oh, okay. I was like, line dancing is not a private school problem, <laughs> anyway. We've gone very far afield, so I'm going to bring us yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So the PG broadcast. Yeah, so I'm sitting there watching the PG broadcast, and I, you know, I like got my little notebook out, and I'm taking notes. And I'm sure the guy sitting next to me was like, "What is happening right now?" But you're right. Like they baseball is trying to, and we could debate how well they're doing this, but it, I think they are making an earnest effort to increase the accessibility for amateur players who want to get drafted. And then you watch the Perfect Game broadcast, and it is a long commercial for Perfect Game with the best high school players in the country kind of interspersed they talked a lot about the the noble sacrifice and I do not say this to downplay how difficult it is to facilitate showcase play for your kid and travel ball for your kid if you are doing that but the 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 noble sacrifice of parents it was an interestingly gendered description right Mm. so when they talked about how rewarding it might be for you to engage with your child around perfect game that message was targeted strongly to fathers but then the sacrifice of parents was acknowledged mostly as it concerned the mothers involved so that was interesting interesting. that was a that was a thing that my my ears perked up for what other things happened on this broadcast that were funny? So, like the the commercials that are part of this of any broadcast are interesting to me because it tells you so much about who they're targeting, right? Who they assume their audience to be. And in this case, it was clear that they think the the target audience for a perfect game broadcast is sixteen-year-old boys and their home True. improvement obsessed parents. <laughs> Because most of the commercials were either for Home Depot and HGTV, for the parents, presumably, and then like every who's it and what's it and gadget that you could possibly use as a young person playing travel ball was getting shilled. So, you know, like Diamond Kinetics has a ball that tracks spin and velocity, and the music that they played for this was like... You know, a deleted scene from Ben-Hur uh, had that kind of gravitas. Although it's funny because, like, the kid in the commercial looks like he's maybe 13. So, like, the age thing there is a little funny. I'm seeing you can buy
1: these on the PG website.
0: Oh, I mean, maybe. You, I can. you can. You oh, can. Yeah, so. They're
1: 99 bucks a pop.
0: The but balls yeah, like, are 99 bucks a pop? My the, stars. The
1: Diamond Kinetic balls. The Diamond Kinetics Pitch Tracker single ball. Yeah. Ninety nine ninety nine. It says players of any age or skill level and their coaches can have access to the science of motion analysis and unlock an entirely new world of understanding about their throwing motion and its components. Yes. It captures throwing motion data in real time and then sends it to a paired mobile device via Bluetooth. So like this is not, you know, like Rapsodo or anything like that. No. I, I, but it's the readout looks like the readout for like a Rapsodo.
0: Oh yeah clearly tried to invoke a thing. Rawlings had a bat commercial. You and I have talked previously about how weird it is when, when college programs get invoked in these. So you the, the bat was a, a dude standing in the batter's box. He's wearing a UVA helmet. And it's talking about, you know, the game's getting faster and your bat should too. And I was like, I think we have a misunderstanding of bat speed here, but that's fine. And I was like, at least it's not a UVA pitcher. That would be more concerning. Uh, We did get the Gatorade gator pitcher guy. Who Did we determine whether or not he's on the roster? You and I are obsessed with this commercial.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think he's actually on the roster. I think it's an actor.
0: There is a a Gatorade commercial with a young man in a Florida Gators uniform. I mean, there are clearly several on the field. I don't remember what team they have him matching up against. I don't remember what uniform the batter is wearing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I looked at the roster and could not. You know, face-to-face just look and see, like, oh, yep, that's the guy. Yeah. In that number. Which,
0: which makes sense because it's pro- it would probably be, like, an NCAA violation, right?
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> God forbid he were paid.
0: <laughs> and, like,
1: the, you know, I, lo- I know a lot of the folks who work for PG, you know, like sure. Brian and Vinny and, like, the guys who f- see players. And I like those dudes and they're good at their job. But, like, as a corporation – Yep. there is like concerning behavior. It's like it's akin fraught. to, it's akin to microtransactions on like a game app for a phone, mm-hmm. where you're sort of you know appealing to the uh, like pff, materialistic tendencies of young people, and PG it brands itself as a scouting service. Yes, you know some of these like prep baseball report. Does the same thing? Prep baseball report sells high-speed video of players to the player and like their parents uh, for like a hundred bucks a clip. And so like there is something, and the, there was a commercial that ran on the the jumbotron at Petco during the game that was like for something that you described, whether it was the Diamond Kinetics thing or some other type of like training app. You know, like this, they're moving into different territory rather than just. Right. We're having a travel ball tournament. It costs this amount of money for you to – for your team to play in it, you know. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't – and I I think for maybe the All-American game, Perfect Game covers the costs. But for the giant tournaments that involve thousands of players, it's, you know, it's airfare in a hotel. Plus, you know, you your family pays for the team's jersey and, you know, and and we know people who – who work for PG? But like mm-hmm. it does, it does. It is really only accessible for a certain slice of socioeconomic. You know, like it's just not an inclusive thing. But like we're there, right? I'm there. Yep. Right. Scouts are there. We're going. There are a couple thousand. You know, players in one place at one time. It's an so like we should be there. Yeah. Here it's are an their, efficient
0: use of your time.
1: Right. Here are the Division One commitments on the roster. Like I'm going to go see them and yep. just have a look. So it is a tough thing to try to rank. Like MLB is trying to be proactive about it with the PDP thing, but at this point, like this is such an institution now that I think it's going to be hard to yeah to excavate displace
0: it. it. Yeah, there were a lot of Red Lobster commercials also.
1: Sure. It's where – it's places where there are lots of signals that this is all supposed to appeal to 17 and 18-year-old people, right? Like, go to Red Lobster, go to whatever. Like, that's where you go with your friends when you're that age. And here, you know, all the kids got a ton of free cool stuff, cleats, batting gloves, all that stuff. Please post it to your Instagram and, like, they all tag it with the same stuff. Like, they've been coached. Here's your swag bag. Like, tweet it.
0: Yep. You know what else happened? A lot of a lot of Terminix commercials. People are very concerned about termites. Tim Lincecum was on the Perfect Game broadcast, which strikes me as bizarre and hilarious because people like don't know where Tim Lincecum lives, and I don't mean that in like a creepy way. Like people shouldn't be entitled to that information. Mm -hmm. But there was like a thing a while ago because I assume he's back in the you know the Northwest, and uh, he he is somewhat reclusive. Uh, now that his playing career is over, and then uh, and then there he was on the perfect game broadcast. So I was surprised by that, knowing knowing what to do about his uh, sort of disinclination to lead a public facing life, which uh, I understand. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's often terrible. <laughs> I wonder
1: how his dad is heavily involved in a lot of like player development type stuff, pitch, pitching coach type things. Yeah. No. So I wonder if he is somehow tied into PG. And that's the root of this. Could be true. His father, Chris Linsicum, I think is his name, uh, who was like Tim's pitching coach growing up. And when Timmy was trying to come back for the first time Mm -hmm. and threw at Scottsdale Stadium, you know, I was there and Chris is the one who came, you know, walked behind home plate and was like, all right, you know, he addressed all the scouts before the workout and kind of said, this is what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He's going to throw this many pitches and then take a break and then come out and throw, you know, like a second simulated inning, basically. And I was just like, who's this guy? And someone was like, that's his dad. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's an, th- that's an interesting situation. It is like the Tyler yeah. Beattie, Walter Beattie situation where it's right. a prospect whose family is like tied into other aspects of baseball. That's, you know, the – the the player will eventually probably help drive so i wonder if that's where it comes from but but yeah it's the whole the whole thing is is interesting to me what else would happen while i was sitting there but you know like it is it is a thing that that mlb is like half in bed with and half despises
0: yeah yeah it's like you said you can't you can't not go but You are aware of some of the issues attendant with your attendance. I couldn't tell the, you know, I was just looking at the little airplane screen. So I couldn't tell, I couldn't see clearly who was sitting behind home, which I always enjoy doing, but I couldn't this time. Yeah. I mean, I assumed. Wasn't wearing the bucket hat though, so it wasn't as immediately
1: apparent. Wasn't he? I don't know.
0: I don't know. I mean, maybe he was, but also I guess. I don't remember. In that setting, it doesn't necessarily (laughs) narrow it down. Did you see anyone whose opinions, even in this early going, changed? Your opinion of them changed?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, during the course of the week, Pete Crow Armstrong had had a big summer like last year. He was on the Southern California area code team as an underclassman, which is pretty rare. And he was like good at some showcase stuff on the East Coast that Kylie saw. So this was like an early pop up. Guy from this, from the 2020 high school class it was like one of mm-hmm. the first prospects that scouts saw and were like, Hey, this is a real prospect. And just between then and now just hasn't really done anything for me when I've seen him. I did not like him at last year's area codes, but it's a Vanderbilt commit from Harvard Westlake, you know, so, yeah. um, Harvard Westlake is like this big, you know, Hollywood high school where Lucas Giolito and Max Fried come from. Uh, so like there might be some signability stuff there so like look out for that
0: if i told you that on the broadcast i learned that he uh eventually wants to make documentaries and is a writer would that change your opinion of him would it make you like him more
1: (sighs) yes but (laughs) (laughs) i knew it (laughs) but uh that doesn't shock me considering i think his his father has some filmmaking well if he goes to
0: if he goes to harvard westlake it wouldn't be surprising
1: I guess if you you'd have to say like, what are some documentarians who uh, you're interested in? Yes, we need. Yeah, we need to. uh, Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, Ken Burns. Understanding. Um.
1: (laughs) Sorry, Ken, it's It's just not for me.
0: It's like I can only
1: listen to the the national anthem and uh, take me out to the ball game played on a piano. So many times.
0: I guess we would learn more about how many uh, times Pete's. High school history teacher may have come into to school a little hungover, depending on his <laughs> exposure to Ken Burns.
1: I was shown a lot of vid- videos by our civics teachers in yeah. high school. A lot of videos. Hey, showing us the Patriots is not <laughs> teaching us about the no. Revolutionary War. I no. get that Heath Ledger is very handsome. I get it. But come on.
0: Yeah, I don't think that that actually cuts it.
1: (laughs) The Corsets was not opposed to seeing, you know, the Corsets
0: at 16. Our listeners are learning so much about you, Eric.
1: It's fine. (laughs) Jared, you know, a lot of the high school pitching, the velocity is down towards the end of uh, the summer. Jared Kelly from Texas uh, has been impervious to that. He was up to 98 uh, those last couple of weeks, I saw him. Whereas some of the other guys, Mick Abel and Jared Jones, mm-hmm. uh, the velo is down. So Jared Kelly has sort of, you know, lifted himself, either even with Abel or past him, depending on how you feel about Kelly's physical projection compared to Abel's. And then, like, he's really just a strong class for the high school outfielders. Robert Hassel. Who's from Tennessee, another Vanderbilt commit. He actually was not allowed to play in the All-American game. He worked out, but he was not allowed to play. There's some arcane rule
0: yeah, in the I, s- state I of Tennessee. Saw this. Yeah.
1: What is it? I think Mike Rooney, who's another, you know, he like works with PG to some degree, but like he is my bud. Yeah. He lives here in Tempe and like, you know, coached at ASU and is from Philly. Like we're buds, but like he tweeted something about this rule that states that if you're like a high school athlete in the state of Tennessee, you cannot play and I forget what the parameters are. It's either in like a professional stadium or on a Sunday or some kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I saw uh, I saw JJ Cooper tweeting about this too. And it's it's a weird they they talk about it like they're trying to preserve eligibility, but every other state has figured this out, so it seems like it's kind of pretend.
1: Here it is. It is Teddy Cahill from Baseball America tweeted a screenshot of the rule, and his opinion about it is correct. So it says, no student shall be permitted to participate in an all-star game unless it is sanctioned by the Tennessee State Scholastic Athletic Association. The acronym is just there. I'm just guessing that's what it is. Sure. A filing fee of $250 is required for the game to be considered for sanctioning. If the game is approved... Then an additional approval fee of seven hundred and fifty dollars is required. The fee is required annually for games involving groups not affiliated with the TSSAA. So it's just a cash grab racket. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's just a way for the Tennessee State Scholastic Athletic Association to leverage the best uh, high school athletes in the state into a thousand dollars here and there for non-sanctioned all-star games.
0: That feels un American. And he's from Independence, Tennessee.
1: <laughs> Justice Sheffield mm-hmm. supposedly dropped out of school so that he could play in the game and then re-applied. And then like re enrolled.
0: Oh, yeah, he re enrolled
1: mm-hmm. into Tullahoma, I think was it
0: was High School. This this is creating some perverse incentives. Right. Yeah, we don't like that at all.
1: It's gross. But yeah, it's so gross. like, that's one of those things that was weird. And we had a, a couple of guys from Tennessee this year. But yeah, the high school outfield group is strong. Mm-hmm. There are lots of the, – the high school catching group is notoriously risky to draft from but is also strong. Kylie and I have to go through and enter a lot of biographical data. Like we have to manually input a bunch of stuff before the board reflects – our notes from the, the last sprint of the summer. Yeah. Uh, so, the, so that part of the board is not totally up to date just yet, but, um, but we're working on that and that we'll see a post on the site soon that says like, Hey, here are the guys that we like and didn't like from the summer. And, um, and then our, we'll have like a nice break for draft stuff until uh, next, next spring.
0: Next spring. I noticed uh, Drew Romo made some, some very nice blocks corralling some pitches that were moving a bunch. So that's yeah. my Drew my Romo take. My, well, uh,
1: he's okay. the only guy who one, homered it. Area codes.
0: One inning seeing him <laughs> or noticing him. So good job, Mike.
1: No, you're right. That is part of what's hard to you know, evaluate catchers in high school is whoever they're catching typically doesn't have pro quality
0: stuff. Yeah.
1: So this part of their evaluation is very important because it's the only stretch where you get to see them catching it. But there are other barriers, right? Like just the catcher, hit the chest protector, mm-hmm. the bra strap style, you know, X in the back yep. covers their numbers. And so at some of these events, when catchers are changing every couple innings, it's hard to keep track of who's back there. Yeah. yeah Romo, it's a switch hitting catcher with power. Uh, he's the only guy who homered at area codes this year. And that list, the list of, of people who have done that, I think Tanner Otremba homered at area codes. Uh, but mm-hmm. Joe Adele hit like a no doubt blast area codes. Like it's a pretty short list of, of people who actually can do it. Uh, so he is he is on that list. And I'll have the high speed of that dinger up so that you can tweet it with the, the link to this podcast. Now that you've mentioned him and made him relevant. Yeah. So good job by you.
0: Yeah. Otremba, my my guy. Tanner Otremba. <laughs> my guy Otremba. I end up with these very strange affiliations. Uh, was Romo the one who caught? What's his first name? Alejandro Rosario? Was that that inning? I don't remember I, now.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you if Romo was on the East or West team. But Rosario was on the East roster.
0: Oh no! Yeah, it wouldn't have been because you're right. I got my I got my rosters mixed up. So no, it wouldn't have been him.
1: Yeah, but Rosario is one of the guys who the the high speed cameras have been great for seeing weird pitches. Yeah there every once in a while you just see a guy who throws a pitch unlike anybody else and so his splitter is its own type of thing mm-hmm. and uh he had a rough he threw inning very hard
0: yeah he but yeah he threw really inning. hard and has you know really that
1: frame hard. and
0: yeah he reclassified splitter. yeah did he isn't he a 2020 now oh no they talked about it on the broadcast i thought a- I think we have him in the 2020 section of the board. He's,
1: oh, he's definitely a 2020. I just wasn't aware that he was originally a 2021. Oh, there he is. Yeah, he he was a 2021. Yeah, so he's one of two high-profile guys in that I've classified. Him and Blaze Jordan. Great name. Blaze. Spectacular. Uh, Who is one of those, uh, hey, in my opinion, matured early physically. Mm-hmm. And so compared to all the other high school freshmen and sophomores, it was like, wow, this guy's got really huge power. But I think this is kind of it. And it's a right, right first base profile. So, you know, Makes not you for skeptical. me. skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> it's but not to uh, my taste. But uh, defensively at first, the last day I was, you know, in San Diego, the infielders were just short hopping first base a lot during infield. Mm. And so hey, he had an opportunity just randomly to kind of show like, hey, I can –
0: do this I can thing. pick it over here. Yeah. Uh
1: and he can. And the power's real and he barrels balls. It's just a downward plane swing that I think needs work. Uh I think like you can get him out. There are ways to pitch to him because of the swing plane where he just can't make impact contact. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Blaze Jordan very famous, you know, the next Bryce Harper, I'm sure like if you google that. Like I bet someone has written that. Hold on, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> About him. But it's just not true. Here you go. Whistle. What is whistle? Whatever that is. Brobible.com. Wow, oh. that's surprising. Oh, boy. Uh,
0: he, do- he does... Uh, this is going to sound like I, I mean it as a, a slight against him. And I maybe I do. I don't know. I haven't searched my heart about it. He looks like someone who would get written up at a place called brobible.com.
1: Yeah, he's a high... He's a high school got, athlete from Mississippi.
0: Yeah, he's got he's got a uh, that kind of look about him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: but yeah, like this is Whist- this YouTube channel called Whistle has him branded the next Bryce Harper, which I'm sure is great for for clicks, but that's yeah. just not a phrase you'll see at fangraphs.com.
0: No, probably not. I would I would probably say, "Hey, do we really mean this?" and you'd say, "No." That's why I didn't write it. <laughs> So there you go that's how that that's how that would go what other what other uh, little little notes do I have here my little my little notebook uh Sam Carlson's brother through they don't they look related but more as cousins than brothers, so that okay. was interesting i mean well,
1: literally only to me let's um let's do a thing that Sestuli and I would do on the, on these airwaves and let's bet on something what's that? Next, first Carlson mm. to throw the his next pro inning, Sam or Max. Ugh. Sam had Tommy John for the background for the listeners. Sam was yeah. like a high school righty from Minnesota who I really liked.
0: You did like.
1: Was eighty-eight, ninety-one during his showcase summer, but with strikes and uncommonly good feel for both his changeup and breaking ball for a high school pitcher, let alone one from Minnesota.
0: From Savage, Minnesota. Oh, God. Yeah, that feels like that's going to get revisited in the near future, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, Retro. Not good. Maybe,
1: I don't know, it's part of the lexicon again uh, in a different way. Like yeah, it has been we rebranded.
0: Have, yeah, there is a conversation on that coming at some point, right? That's it's a word
1: that there. just strikes my ears in a way that I'm like, eh, ick. No. Yeah, I don't. But I don't feel. Don't feel good about
0: it. Like
1: Jillian's students and the kids I'm around, you know, the athletes I'm around, day to day, who are you know typically in their late teens, they don't yeah. have. They it rolls they right have- off their tongue. Mm. Um, but uh, this might be me. Yeah, so Sam was I good, know. but then Sam blew out
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and hasn't pitched in a while. Yeah, and he should be back by this point like wondering what's going on. Yeah, it seems not.
0: It seems not great.
1: And Max is going to be draft eligible next year and we'll, you know, he'll be in the AZL or GCL next summer. So you're yeah. basically saying will Sam Carlson throw a pitch at a, at a pro affiliate before next June?
0: Uh, I might take Max. Okay. But that might be me being influenced by his perfect game profile saying the younger Carlson is more in the Mike Leek mold with an athletic and high energy delivery. And you know how I love athletic pitchers. So I might be being influenced by that.
1: Well, he's another guy with the high speed is like, Oh, this guy's changeup is weird. So cool. I'll clip that together with, uh, with Drew Homer for the, you can tweet it
0: <laughs> for the listeners. All
1: right. So you've got max and I'll take Sam and instructs yeah. does not count. No. So, uh, they're not no. like the Mariners. The Mariners don't do instructs anyway, so it doesn't matter. Which oh, is fine. No. fine. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Andy McKay. <laughs> it's fine that you don't do it. The kids can lift weights. It's fine. I just wish I could see them. Yeah. I want to see Noelvi Marte do.
0: Yeah, that's all, that's all we want.
1: That's all I want to do is see them. I don't want to hear that they're learning about how to eat.
0: No, it's just unselfish. It's, I'm imp- it's important, but
1: it's important, and I yeah. get it, you know. But yeah, come maybe on.
0: they're maybe come they're, on, they're 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 <laughs> knitting turtlenecks. Um, so we're coming up on an hour, so we're gonna wrap soon. But you should tell people what you, what you got what you got next, because some of it will end up appearing at Fangraphs. Like what's uh what's going on with Folly, Eric? For the people who don't know, tell us about f- that. So, oh yeah, yeah.
1: This is my Arizona Fall League PSA for everyone. The league is starting earlier this year, Mm -hmm. and so the rosters should also be announced earlier. I think that they're probably coming any day now. Yeah, soon. Some of the individual names are trickling out on Twitter from the Fall League account. We know Royce Lewis and Joey Bart will be there. Hmm. I haven't gotten a hold of the rosters in advance yet. 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 But check the schedules if it's a thing that you want to do. We will have coverage of the roster release on the site where, like, just everyone who's on the board who is on a Fall roster will have their own, like, tab on the board so you can see who you can, like, feel free to get excited about. And then I'll probably have analysis on the players who are not on the board. Right. Uh, in the post, that's like, hey, here's the board with all the fall leaguers, and right. here's who's not on it, and why they're interesting.
0: Yeah, they it will take it will take the place of if you are. Uh, frequenter of the board, and everyone should frequent the board because well, the board will probably become sentient soon and then rule us all. But before it does that, we will replace the futures game tab with a fall league tab. So those of you who are going to fall league can just like pull out your phone and be like, "Hey, who's that guy?" And then it'll be right there. It'll, it'll be, be so right there. Ki- it'll be so easy. Yeah, you will be like, "I don't know who that guy is. He's wearing a a hat that looks like it has toothpaste on it, which is <laughs> toothpaste." a uh, personal crest gri- or Colgate which one is it Yeah it's a it's a Which logo does it It's this Colgate is, right I think it's Colgate the Salt River rafters have a it's supposed to look like a river like a like rapids but it just looks like a toothpaste logo sorry sorry guys sorry D-backs
1: I liked it cuz all the fall colors have been red and orange for the entire duration that I've lived out here and finally there was like an aqua blue... Yeah Folly color. The
0: colors are great.
1: And I was so excited. And then you had to say, hey, that looks I'm like sorry. The toothpaste I ruined logo. it for you. And I was like, oh, yeah, it does.
0: I <sighs> wrecked it. Sorry. We like so much about the D-backs, but we don't like these hats. Or I don't. And I like some pretty bad D-backs hats. Famous for it, in fact. Uh, but I do not care for these ones. So we'll have that uh, up on the board. So that'll be fun.
1: My suggestion for people is if you want to come to spring training, just skip it and go to Folly.
0: This is what I was about to ask you.
1: And take a a look at the schedule so that you can maximize your baseball viewership because the league is starting earlier. right? Their fall league schedule for the early part of the season is night games only so that you can't double up as well early in the season. So like come later when the weather is nicer and you can go to a game somewhere at 1230 and then go to a night game at Mm -hmm. six. Or six thirty, somewhere else. So come in October.
0: And October is when Fall Stars takes place. So Fall people, Stars is
1: October twelfth.
0: Yep. People are into that. They should uh they should keep that date in mind. And, uh-huh. and the
1: championship game is October twenty sixth, so that's when the things right. wrap
0: up. So if you are a fan of a major league team that is not in the playoffs and you're like, hey, Hate them. They're so rude. I don't get to watch October baseball, but you have exciting prospects. You could you could go down to Fall League, see those exciting prospects, and then feel better about your uh, your favorite team.
1: Yeah. And you can also yeah. the Fall League is typically pretty good about not scheduling stuff during like important playoff yeah.
0: things. Yeah, I would imagine they have to be very cognizant of that. Yeah, I think I still like the Desert Dogs logo. Mm.
1: Are we gonna? Do you want to do? Do you want to quick do like a draft of the six? Following oh, logos? sure. Yeah, let's. All right, l- let's do we'll it.
0: we'll close on that. Uh You are. You the, get,
1: do you want first pick or? or no,
0: you're the you're the guest, so you can go first.
1: But then you get the next two, so I'll pick first, and then you get the next two.
0: Okay, that's fair.
1: Deal. Um I will take the Sahuaros.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, that's the best one. This is yeah. The that's tea. why I took it first. Yeah. No. <laughs> all right. That's all drafts work. This is the the team for the Orioles, Royals, Yankees, Rangers, and Nationals. Okay, then I'm going to take Glendale, the Desert Dogs, and then I will take the Scottsdale Scorpions. I'll
1: take um I know which one I want, but I think that I can I can pick it up last. <laughs> So I will take Peoria.
0: Okay, that was gonna be. Is, is this just because you want to lean into a feral Hogs joke? Uh, fine, I'm taking Mesa, right? Or do you get to go? Yeah, no, no. What, you, I just, I just ragged on the rafters as being. I know, like a but I choo- thought maybe. No,
1: no. I thought maybe you'd just be off the Mesa logo, which no, is kind of hokey. It is kind of hokey, I sneaky, but I, li- I
0: like. It. I like it. I think it's good. You know, they don't all have to be clever. You can the, still go
1: uh, buy the old Rafter's hat on the um, Folly League website or on the MLB Shop okay. website, oh, and the old Javelinos one too.
0: Yeah, the Havelina, the old Javelinos one is good. So yeah. if you want
1: one of those, th- these a throwback Folly Cat, which sounds kind of like who wants that now? But there are some early Folly Cats that are still running around the Folly on people's heads, and I'm like, wow, that's so cool.
0: Uh, that's yeah. old, almost as old as I am. It's also, awesome. Also, like throwback Folly Cats sounds like. Something that is squarely in my weird nostalgia wheelhouse. So, well, people can maybe find, well, if they go to Fall League, they can definitely find you there. Although, you know, don't be weird because people are sometimes weird. Uh, they can definitely find you on Twitter at Longenhagen. People should look at the board. They should also follow the Fangrass prospect account because you guys are just tweeting updates from that all the time. Uh, I don't know. What else? Yeah, I mean. I think we're going to stop air? that soon. No, I just plugged it.
1: Well, no, like, <laughs> stop it for the year. Oh, Because sure. it's like the games are going to stop.
0: Yeah, I mean. And then at
1: some point we have to write off-season lists. Right. And yes. I'm done. I'm not going to tip our hand for guys that we learn about now, I think. Yeah. I think like, I found right. out about a guy in the DSL who throws 99 this oh. week. You're just not going to know about him until he's on the team list this off Well,
0: it just means that people have to read the lists and they should do that. Eric, we will probably have you back on, uh, maybe we'll do a live pod in Fall League. That sounds
1: good. Yeah, Yeah, let's do that. Why wouldn't we do that?
0: Yeah, we may as well. So you will return in Fall League, but thanks for coming on the program.
1: Anytime, boss.